Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland and across the globe. Listen here. You're listening to Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders podcast. The host, Fraser Ramsey. Hey, this is Afia Letham, creator of the Frame Your Day app, helping you walk out every day in victory. I'm proud to be a sponsor of Ramsey Unleash, going beyond borders. Hi, this is Zakia Ringgold from NaturalSoapByZakia.com, proud sponsors of the Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders podcast. And um, welcome to another edition to Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders on DoublemintRadio.com, our new hosting platform. Well, apart from Podbean, which is our main podcast host, uh, this has been for a while. Um, and our guest on the show, my previous guest was Chanel Spencer, and she seems to be in the recommending me a lot of guests. Uh, it's kind of hard to keep up, really. But uh, which is good to be, it's good to have people on the show. It's good to interview different backgrounds, especially, and it gives me some great, valuable content for people's lives, life stories, where they've come from, uh, people who uh, have come from different backgrounds and challenging situations to be able to, and they've improved their life by turning their situation around to becoming something better and aiming to inspire people through going forward. So that's basically what uh, my show's about, is basically for people who just want to share their story. Uh, it's bringing their brand over to the UK, Scotland, but as I say, we're on Dublin Radio. Dublin Radio is a new platform that I'm part, a partner of, and it's to with Jamie Bowles, who's in America, and Jonathan Tomlin Lindsay, who's in London. I'm soon to be adding somebody else shortly. Um, so yeah, it's uh, any day. It's to just to hear, inspire people through different backgrounds, different challenges in life. And you know that if you want to actually change your life and your circumstances, yeah, there's there is ways to do it, and there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and you can do it if you want to do it. Uh, and it's not about you can make all the excuses under the sun if you want to not do it, but it's about uh, using people hearing these stories from people who have made the choice to actually turn their life around to know that it is possible to turn your life around if you really want to and not to give up and to know that you can have a better life if you choose to turn it around. Yes, things are not easy, things it's easier said than done in times, but you can change if you really want to because there's never you don't have to always just bury your head in the sand or hide under a rock there is ways of changing so but here we're going to hear uh, my guest uh, and we're going to find out where she's from originally from because she's got a very a different name different pronunciation it's not your isn't um not your average name you hear locally um so but we're going to welcome to ramsey unleashed going beyond borders orshika julia so welcome to my show thank you coming on. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us a bit about, I mean, where does the name Orshika come from and where's you, you sound like you're obviously not originally American, but you sound like you've got a history of somewhere else. Yes, so Orshika Yulia is a Hungarian name. My parents are Hungarian. They jumped the boat. Um, okay, so they jumped the plane back in 69. They escaped communism. My sister was 18 months old. My brother was born in Italy on their way out and they Actually, unbeknownst to them, they escaped July 4th of 69. Brother was born in Italy, um, August of 69. And then they actually landed in the U.S. somewhere around Columbus Day of 69. So, and then I was born a few years later here in the United States. 
wow, there's a mixed mixed bag there. So some Italian, Hungarian, United yeah. States, it's kind of a mixed bag family. Yeah, 1969. My sister was born in 69. My older sister, she's uh, 51. Yes, six years older than me. Yeah, 19, 1969. But yes, yeah, so tell us a bit about. You. So tell us a bit about you. You all, I had a brief history of what you've gone through, and you've have been through a bit of a challenging life, and. Um, in a day, let's talk. It's not about me. Who is Orska Julia? Tell us a bit about your background. Obviously, you've been from coming from um, your family escaping communism into the USA um, to basically, well, let, maybe touch on that a little bit. I don't know how much you know and how much you really know about that, but touch on life, what you have been told of the Hungarian life before your family moved. And obviously, this is obviously before you were born, but we can. Just give a bit of an insight on why this, what was going on. Sure, absolutely. So my parents basically said, you know, we're done with communism. And my dad was actually a doctor in Hungary um, and then had to restart everything to learn English. So he had his medical um, degree and license in Hungary, and he had to start from scratch again from the U.S. because he had to learn the language. So kudos to them for leading the way and honestly, truly thankful for them every single day. And I let them know regularly that without them, I wouldn't be living this this amazing country. We would still be in Hungary. And so they, they really pioneered the better life for each one of us. Um, we grew up very middle class, suburban Chicago area. It was a great upbringing. I did your typical, um, maybe upper middle class sports like horseback riding and figure skating and, you know, that, that kind of stuff went to private school. So I, I grew up in a very healthy, stable environment. And yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing and pretty fantastic actually. And so as far as hungry goes, um, yeah, they, my family, so my mom's family, hid the Jews from the Nazis, and my oh. grandmother, her brother, and her sister were all captured and tortured and in the concentration camps because we hid the Jews. So um, there was a lot of a lot of trauma that went on with my grandparents' generation, and so there as well, there was trauma that was induced to my mom because my mom was three and remembers being left in her home alone for a month. And the neighbor would come over and feed her every once in a while because they just snatched her mom. Wow. The Nazis, right? They just snatched her mom and who knows what horrible, heinous crimes took place there. But my uncle, my great uncle was captured on three separate occasions and tortured by the Nazis. Um, and we just wouldn't give it up. We wouldn't, you know, we're people who stand up for what is right. And that's a generational thing. And I'm very honored to be part of that. I kind of I mean, obviously, I mean, is that new? Is was that kind of like at the end of the obviously the war and if war ended, is that at the end of the war kind of thing? So, uh, and what period of time was that when they were hiding the Jews? Right. So, <clears throat> my mom was born in '46. Um, so I would say like probably '43 to '40, what nine ish, because they were still, you know, just because it was the end of the war, technically doesn't mean that. Um, the Nazis quit, yeah. you know, their tyranny. And they basically carried on. Wow, that's quite, it must have been hard going to go through that and that experience, but to 
helps obviously yeah. stand their ground for people, you know, to give up their lives or right. the torture. It's kind of easy. Let's fast track into your life. You've had not had a you've had a bit of a rough road yourself. And mm-hmm. the whole point is the reason why you've been connected with me via Chanel Spencer, uh, the octopus woman, because she's got more arms. She's just multi she multitasks very very fast, yeah. and she's it's never she's, it's like yeah hard to keep up. But yeah, I appreciate her recommending uh, Orshika. So let's uh, tell us a bit about your life. You obviously you've said you've had a great background bringing up, and but what what was the turn? What happened? What, happened? <laughs> what, happened? what went wrong? So you saying that you've had a great life so yeah. what went wrong and what, what what was the turning point right so just exactly what your introduction was right i don't think anything went wrong per se because it's led me to where i am today so it's all a matter of perception right um but what happened the choices that i made for some reason even with this amazing upbringing and this amazing background and i know my parents loved me and my father and mother they were typical hungarians they yelled and they were loud you know how the italians are and the greeks are the hungarians are the same way there's alcohol and there's yelling and passion and whatever else and for some reason some part of my brain took that and i guess i i looked at it as that was toxic and i still do because really like when you're yelling at people it's not healthy right so mm-hmm. but there must have been some part of my brain in my childhood that took that as toxic and i thought i was doing everything to go exactly polar opposite of that because i don't argue with people i i don't yell i get passionate and i i tear up when i'm really really passionate about something but somewhere along somewhere along the line i i don't know my brain had a hiccup, I guess, is the best way to express it. So I had two daughters with one man and we were married for a few years and it was pretty much a loveless marriage. It was a a good business contract. He made good money and I stayed home with the kids. And I thought, well, if I'm going to be alone in a marriage, then might as well be alone. So then fast forward a few years and I met my son's father and my self-esteem was low because I was a single mom with two young girls and who would want me? And so a lot of this comes from the background that my parents did absolutely nothing to promote this, but having been raised in a very strict um, religion, if you get pregnant out of wedlock, you have to marry the person like that was, that's just the way it is. Right. And uh, I met this gentleman. I use that term loosely. I met this man who ended up being my father's husband or my son's father, excuse me, (laughs) ended up being my son's father. And he was charming and I had low self-esteem and I saw the red flags, but I was like, man, at least somebody's paying me attention. And I just want to live a life with someone. And so I settled and it was really pathetic on my end. I mean, I'll, you know, I'll call myself out on my choices. (laughs) Um, When you see red flags, people run the other way. I mean, they're red flags for a reason, right? Um, But by golly, I have this like, this passion that I see the diamond in the rough in everybody and I see the good in everybody. And I'm very hopeful and I'm the hopeful optimist and, you know, trauma's not going to let me get, get me down. Yeah. And then I bore him a son. We got married, of course. Um, And then I bore him a son. And then the manure hit the proverbial fan. And um, yeah, then the mental and emotional abuse began. Mm -hmm. And I was 
I was okay with that because I so wanted to have a family and I made it okay. I made excuses for it to be okay. And people don't do that. <laughs> There's no excuse for, go what ahead. I'm sorry. Give us, no, school, no, what was the, give people an example of just for, obviously we're going to uh, mental abuse, uh, give people an example of what would happen and what would be said to uh, just, to, which obviously when abuse starts, it starts somewhere it gradually gets worse. So what's the kind of things that are said to right. for people who may be listening to recognize the signs that may don't recognize the signs who might be going through this now? Sure. So really simple stuff like um, I would clean the house. So he would go away for business stuff or work stuff and I would clean the house and he'd come in and say, the house smells like dog piss. What's going on? Mind you, I'm scrubbing walls. I'm scrubbing floors and excuse the expression, but that's, that's what he said. He's like, the dogs, the house smells like dog piss. You don't do anything. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just spent the last two hours scrubbing so that you have a nice clean house to come home to. So everything was my fault. If things that work for him didn't work out, somehow it was my fault. If there wasn't enough alcohol in the house, somehow it was my fault. Um, it, I very distinctly remember it was probably, am I allowed to use language on here? I don't usually, but... Right, we can keep it clean as best you can, but you can yeah. uh, abbreviate it if you have to. <laughs> yeah, no. So, and that's why I ask because I don't usually use language, but it was a quote that I'll never forget. Um, he looked at me one day in the bedroom, mm -hmm. and mind you, I've had three kids, and I'm still pretty slender, and I'm in my forties, and you know, like I, I feel like I'm in shape, pretty okay. And I had just bore him this son, probably six months prior and he looked at me and he's like your abs aren't what they used to be and i looked at him and i said yeah so i grew three humans in this what did you do nothing and you're still a fat a yeah you know like i finally stood up for myself and i'm like how dare you tell me that my abs aren't what they used to be when i bore three children <laughs> you know like i grew humans inside my body and by golly, my body wasn't good enough. And he wanted me to get a boob job because my boobs are, weren't big enough. And it was just all this superficial narcissistic baloney that I was like, are you kidding me right now? So that was really the first time that I stood up for myself. And he would just yell about the most asinine things. And I'm like, where are you coming from? And there you go. So that, so what, going to stand up to yourself, what was his reaction when you, I mean, obviously you're, Confidence is quite low in these situations because you've been here constantly battered and constantly battered. Right. Uh, so what was, um, I mean, to finally stand up to yourself, what's, the, the, what's his reaction, you know? Honestly, he had no idea what to do. And so then he just stared at me. He literally just looked at me. And I'm like, so what's your answer? I mean, I gave birth to three children and you're still a fat A. What's your answer? And I pushed him and he just walked out of the room because... They, they, being narcissists, don't know how to handle the pushback, right? They're used to being in control. And when somebody takes control back, they're at a loss. They're at a complete loss. And so there was another incident. I was reading uh, the book Fahrenheit 451. Okay. And I kept reading the same sentence like a bazillion times because in the background, he's yelling at me and yelling at me and yelling at me. I don't even know what about. Honestly, I don't remember. I blocked it out. And I looked at him and I said, when you're ready to have an adult conversation, I'll be here in the living room. You can leave the kitchen and come have an adult conversation with me. And 
my confidence by this point has grown where I'm like, I am not allowing his negativity to bring me down anymore. I am not allowing him to control my happiness. It was a conscious decision. And I made sure that every day when I woke up, I told myself that I was in control, that God is in control, not this abuser, not this narcissist, not this negative human being who unfortunately is very broken and is wasn't at that time willing to heal himself so that he stops the pain for everybody else as well. And it was a very conscious decision to wake up every day and be like, God's in control and I have a choice. It wasn't, it was never physical, was it? It was just psychological abuse. Oh no, it it got physical. And that's when I packed my stuff and my family and left. Um, So we were traveling. And when we got back, Mm -hmm. uh, he raped me. I mean, that's, you know, I'm not going to get into the gory details, but he raped me. And I called my brother the next day and I said, all right, it's time to leave. This is what happened. And my brother said, do you need me to come right now? And I said, no, thankfully I was due for my womenly things to happen the following week. So I figured I was safe. Right. And that was another mental thing. Right. So mind you, he rapes me. And then I start my womenly process and he was like, oh, isn't it convenient that you happen to start this right when, you know, you get home? Like I control when my body does this, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So the rape was enough. And then, oh, a few days later, he decided to molest me. And because I wasn't willing to give him what he wanted, and that was a whole other conversation. You know, I I basically told him, I'm willing to work on this marriage before the rape. I said I was willing to work on this marriage, but we're not getting intimate until we connect again on an emotional level. To which his response was, well, I'm not going to even work about the work on the emotional level until we get intimate. And I'm like, well, then I guess we're at a standstill. And he said, well, then I guess I'm just going to take what I want to take. And two or three days later, he took what he, I mean, he claimed it. He claimed it three days earlier. And I was like, there's no way he's going to do this. Yep. And, you know, he was 200 plus pounds and I was maybe 105. Um, So he was twice my size, you know, there's, and kids in the room adjacent to ours, um, there's really not much you can do except cry yourself to sleep and figure out an escape route. So when did you, oh, you obviously phoned your brother. What was your, when did you suddenly, when, what was the opportunity that came to escape? Right. So as he was at work, I loaded up my stuff into somebody's um, storage unit. And so I had a week to prep my escape route. I, I was smart about it. I didn't take anything out of the house so that he wasn't, it wasn't obvious that I was leaving. So for those of you who are listening, whether you're the female who is being abused or the male who's being abused, because men get abused by wives as well. So I, I want to bring that to people's attention. That's very important to know that it's not just females who are getting abused, but when you're being abused, and you finally find the courage because you're you're able to, it's in you, the courage is there. But when you finally get to that point where you say enough is enough, be smart about it because your abuser is going to hurt you more if you make any mistakes. If you act normal, they won't know what's coming and you'll be able to get away cleanly and unhurt. So 
what I did was I took a week and the stuff in my loft that was, you know, I moved all that out because I knew he wasn't, he doesn't even look at that stuff. I called friends and I said, you know, on this day, I need you to come help me. I had one friend who came with his pistol just in case, and he has a concealed carry. So it was legal. I even went to the sheriff's department and I said, my husband raped me. I'm leaving with my children. What do I need to do? Like I was able to go to the sheriff and, you know, my brain is very logical thinking. And I was able to go to the sheriff and say, what's my next step? And he said, get out safely. And then, and then we'll communicate once you and your family are safe. So that's what happened. Where did you end up moving to? So back to where my brother was in the Chicago area. So this was Oklahoma. And then we went up to Chicago um, just to re regroup. That's cool. So when, uh, so what was it? What, when you found that you'd left, what was the kind of the aftermath of that? Oh, it was pretty intense. Um, <laughs> actually, uh, I, I laugh about it now because it's such, it was just the dumbest thing. Um, he asked where his truck was, not where's my son and is my son safe? He, his first question was, where's my truck? And I was like, your entire family just left. And I know I'm laughing about it because really it's just kind of a, it's funny at the moment. Give me just a second. I need to close this window because my dog is barking. Sorry. Take a we're just uh, have a quick break. Uh, we're to just uh, we take a go to the next part in a second uh, for interviewing Orshika Julia, uh, originally from well, kind of Hungary, Hungarian background with her family. Um, I didn't actually ask where are you actually you're you're in Chicago now. You know, no, you're where uh, are you? No. Yeah, I'm in Michigan now. I'm in, in Western Michigan. Michigan. Mm-hmm. In West, okay, she's in Michigan. Sorry, obviously we didn't really ask that at the beginning. So uh, just a quick take a wee quick break. Um, as I say, uh. And, Basically, mentioned the people who support the show. There's Brent Mann from BrentManMusic.com, Eileen Smith from EileenSmith.com. Uh, got John Drummond who does websites in Edinburgh, Scotland, who's from Ideas Go Live. Um, Benita Charles from New York, who sing- does singing. She does 60 second singing tips occasionally for us. Um, a big thanks to these people who support us going forward and to support them back by helping them out uh, as well. But as I say, we're now at Double Mint Radio. We're part of a, a new brand, a new inspirational station to inspire people and to take different inspirational stories through our station to the to the world and to many people hearing and listening. So uh, that's what we're doing. And uh, yes, this is Ramsey Unleashed going beyond borders, where I go beyond borders to interview people from different parts of the world. And uh, even though we're maybe it can be five, six, eight hours difference, but we're in real time and uh, different parts of our days but in the day it's good to have invite people for me it invites people into scotland basically and uh, gives them an opportunity to the uk and somebody who might be listening to my podcast uh, will be able to hopefully reach out and listen to their story and as i say Doublemint radio is uh, we're always looking for people who want to join in or be a part of the Doublemint radio family you can come and join us we, we're, we are signing people up and uh, it's exciting and if you ever people who want to do a podcast ever done a podcast or want a radio show Give us a get in touch at info at doublementradio.com. Anyway, go back to part two. I'm going to stop waffling on now, but uh, before we should to take a to, to opportunity to take a small break. Uh, so after he basically found out where's my truck, mm-hmm. going forward from there. Yeah. So where's my truck? And I even then, even then, and I was scared. 
oh, folks, please understand that I have been up for 36 hours. My friends helped me pack, pack everything that was my children's. I left a lot of my stuff um, because their safety was, was paramount, right? And so I packed up what I could and it, I had been awake for 36 hours. I drove from central Texas to Chicago. So that's what a healthy 18 hour drive, 16 hour drive somewhere in there with three kids, dog, cat, and lizard. So I drove up country. Um, in the US, we pretty much time things by how many hours it takes to get from point A to point B. I have no idea how many miles it was. I just know it was 16 hours. So my apologies. I understand fully that, you know, speaking in kilometers would make a bigger effect. But um, so I went from Dallas up to Chicago. So if you want to look that up, northern Chicago area. I know that uh, that's one thing in America you, you guys tend to do is your travel, your your tra typical journeys are long compared yeah. to the UK, an average eight hour journey here is from like Edinburgh to London, probably, or depending on how quick you drive. It's yeah. obviously that's long enough for us, but when you're kind of doing in America, it's like that's like it's a walk in the park almost. <laughs> well, for some Americans, yes, because uh, some, people... some people would stop. I mean, the people sometimes I can I find that people can just keep going for the best part of eight hours yeah. non stop. I'm thinking, yeah, how the heck do you do it? It's just you'd be like, you'd be like falling asleep yeah. at the wheel if I any, any more than four. <laughs> it's crazy. It's you know, it's some weird training, I guess, because I do it with my children, too. You know, uh, they were raised like that, and I was raised like that as well. So we drove overnight um, up to Chicago from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And long story short, you know, he asked where the truck was, and it just caught me off guard. And then he sent me a picture of the floor that we had wooden floors, and it was scraped up. And so that was just this, this stamp of approval from God for me that you made the right choice. You finally got out because if he cares more about his material things, you know, not how are you, could we work through this? How are the kids? Did you guys make it safely? None of that. But of course, an abuser is going to think of themselves, right? <laughs> They're not going to think like normal human beings. I mean, it's if you expect your abuser to have empathy, then I'm just going to tell you how it is, you're wrong. They're not going to have empathy and they can exhibit signs of it to get you back into their lair, but it's not genuine. It's completely false. So, yeah. So then we talked a little bit and come to find out. So we left on a Saturday, I packed up the house on Saturday, stayed overnight at a friend's house in Dallas-Fort Worth on Saturday night and actually drove Sunday afternoon to Monday morning. That's when the long drive happened. And then I come to find out later that by the time I got to my safe place on Monday morning, he had already been to the lawyers and filing for divorce. And I thought, huh, so you're on to your next victim. And unfortunately, that that's the case. So it must have been a bit of a relief in a sense for you to at least, well, it's a quick fix for you getting, well, you're being set free almost quite quickly, which is a good thing, but obviously not a good thing because whoever he is moving on to, we might suffer the same treatment of what you've gone through, basically. Did you know, exactly. if they, did he move on to somebody else and somebody that happened again, or was it like a repeat? Actually, it's kind of sad. Um, he... He moved on to another lady and we're actually friends and he moved on to another lady 
and then victimized her 14-year-old daughter, who is now older because it's been a few years. But he victimized the 14-year-old daughter. And the first year that we were apart, he wasn't with this person, but he um, ended up molesting my son as well. And I thought, what monster, first of all, hurts humans, right? So again, my background, we defend, we, we protect the underdogs, right? Like that's generationally what's happened in my family. And now I have this person who is molesting his own flesh and blood. I just, I don't get it to this day. And I don't ever want to get it. I don't ever want to understand. And I was accused of being a kidnapper and of lying and of, you know, I'm the worst person in the world. But by this time I had found myself again. And I said, you're not bringing me down because I know the truth and God knows the truth. And so there's no way that he's going to, he's going to allow me to get back to that dark place again. Tell me about your, you said that you have a faith. Yes. Tell me about um, your faith. Well, I was raised in a strict religion. Um, and so I so understand how people say, you know, they don't believe in God because of the church. And the difference is the church is the hands and body, right? Um, and the church is only human. It's man-made, right? And so it really saddens me when people say, I don't believe in God because what the church has done to me. But that's not what God has done. Anyway, so that's my soapbox. Um, the faith. Without him, I wouldn't have gotten out. I wouldn't have had the confidence without her, however you look at God. Um, and you can look at it as God or universe or, you know, it's each individual person. But to me, it's God. And without her, I would I would not have had my freedom day. Honestly, if I would have stayed in that abusive relationship and my closest tribe fully is aware of this, if I would have stayed, I would have probably been dead within three years of that relation, you know, of of the initial physical rape. Right. Um, so God has absolutely lifted me up and out of it and has given me the strength to truly forgive and truly find peace and to be able to go out and speak of things that shouldn't happen to other human beings in hopes of, of helping at least one person come out of their, their hurricane you know, getting sweltered up by massive waves continually. So, yeah, I mean, to God, all the glory in my life. So let's go, it's going to, going forward, I mean, things have now you pretty much put a lot of this behind you now. Sure now, thing. What was, what was the starting point now to move forward into then you're starting to climb the hill again, climb the ladder to that, where you are now? Right, so... I mean, it took a couple of years. When I went, when I was in Chicago, we lived with my brother and his family for about seven months, and I was in strict survival mode. And honestly, people, <clears throat> I didn't even realize I had PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, until about three years ago. So we've been free for about nine years. And for maybe the first five, I had no idea I was suffering from PTSD. No idea until I was able to turn around and look at my behaviors. So how I finally started getting out of it, I went to group counseling for the first time in my life for abused women. And I saw other women <clears throat> make choices that didn't make sense to me. They kept going back to their abuser. And I said, no more, you know, <laughs> we're not going to do this anymore. And so I started really in on personal development, which was the first time in my life because I didn't, um, I think our generation, yours and mine, Fraser, we don't, 
of personal development comes later in our life, right? Like my 21 year old daughter, she understands it more because it's more spoken of. Wouldn't you say that that's. Yeah. Probably, yeah. I probably say, you know, I'm now 45. Um, and basically I think it took me, yeah, I, I, I think it took me, well, basically from my, you know, my personal experience, um, when I lost my mum to cancer, and when I was I was end of, in end of two thousand eight, so I was just thirty three. We're going through, um, so that sort of gave me a bit of a wake up call because I either had to sink or swim in my own life because I either can <laughs> tough and I had to turn my life around. Uh, so either I could because I was my work. What did I do? So that gave me this sort of the kick going forward. And yes, I would say. It's been a rocky road in my own life, um, but going forward, um, I would say, well, hopefully, I'm doing what I can to do, do my best, and hopefully, keep you know, being self-employed for eleven years now. So, uh, running a cleaning business, so but I been started podcasting six years ago, and growing that, and, and basically, I've you know, met half the people who've had started podcasting, basically, um, and now I'm. As a partner of a radio station, since it's now finally it's taken months in the planning and now started that, um, and it's just going forward and see what see where things take me, you know. Um, and like to collaborate in business or anything, and who knows, this government radio is it seems like we're building a fantastic sort of foundation and a platform to go forward, and we're yeah. starting to create traction, which is good. Um, but I think, yeah, personal development probably does come later and to what maybe to what it does now that's more accessible and things for people but uh which is a good thing i think uh, maybe i think they around about depending on where you come where you come from and what background i think around about the 30s is that kind of time that people start to really think either if i don't do something now because we think when you're leading up to 18 and you hit 21 you think, okay, it's only about, it's not as plenty of time before I hit 30 or before I hit 40, but before right. you know it, click your fingers, you are, you you hit 40 and you go, right. Great. <laughs> where have those 19, 20 years gone? And realizing you're now thinking the retirement side now of the 40 to 60s kind of thing and what, what am I doing? So it really does have to, if you don't kick in soon, you're going to get be late to the, the party kind of thing you know and it's that preparing yourself when you're can't really work or physical work you have to change your outcome you have to do something different so it's not easy right. kind of thing because your body does slow down and you do that's just part of getting old really unfortunately but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah so carry on you're same yeah so i mean personal development and thank you so much for that insight i really appreciate it um the personal development started a few a few years after we left and I just really knew that that's the only way to, to heal from the trauma. Um, and I did everything I could. I listened to Lisa Nichols. I listened to Jack Canfield. I've been on both of their campuses oh, four years now, something like that, four or five years. And very involved with both of those people and I listened to as many, because at the time when I really started delving into personal development, I had this amazing job where I was cleaning and house managing for this wonderful family. I'm still serving them now. And um, I had all the opportunity to listen to YouTube like crazy. So as I'm cleaning this house, you know, on my own, I can listen to the YouTube. So 
there's so many free resources. And I looked at all of the books that people recommended, the people where, how can I express this? The people who were where I wanted to be. So I looked at steps ahead of me, would recommend the same books over and over and over again. I'm like, okay, well, let's get on it and let's read it or let's listen to it. And so I listened to endless books, <laughs> I listened to um, endless you know, podcasts and just, I just kept listening and listening and uh, finally, and, and then of course, praying for healing and of course, praying for forgiveness and figuring out how to overcome the trauma because I knew that I needed to be whole in order to serve the greater good, in order to serve and live my life purpose. I could not do that broken. I would not be doing this podcast four years ago because I wasn't there yet where I feel like I can give that hand out to somebody and, you know, hoist them up, <laughs> you know, four years ago, I was almost there, but not quite. And so personal development is, is massive in the healing process. I see, I know those listening about background, I'm doing a video, even though we use the audio, but in the background, you have a book on your shelf. Uh, yes. Tell us a bit about that book. So this book is called 52 and it's a compilation of stories of my life. So the good, the bad, and the ugly, starting from my childhood and just the goodness, the blessings of, of friendships that, you know, you meet somebody when you're 12 and you fall out of connection with them because life happens. And now our sons are going to summer camp together. And we met at summer camp and the blessing of a girl who moved across the street and we're still friends to this day. And all those wonderful, beautiful moments in life, you know, that mom helps me heal through um, from a broken heart, you know, 15 year old broken heart, mom helps me heal by making punk plum dumplings, you know, that those wonderful uplifting, beautiful stories to getting raped to my son, getting molested to, um, you know, a band instructor sodomizing her students with band instruments. And I was the whistleblower on that to then the recovery process of life of, of recovering from the alcohol that I used as a coping mechanism during my years of being abused through finding finally that church home that actually accepts you as a human and isn't demoralizing and lifts you up. That's what we're supposed to do for one another, right? Whether it's church or whether it's through podcasts or whatever, in my mind, my job is to lift other people up. And I finally found that church home and my son is very involved with the youth group there. And it's just, so it's a compilation of 52 stories of the amazing blessings received in my life. And even those, those gifts wrapped in sandpaper, even those are still gifts. And it sucked to be raped and it sucked to be molested. And it was horrible to be emotionally and verbally abused multiple times for years. But man, without that, I wouldn't be able to be here with you, right? And giving somebody hope that there is an out and they can live a healthy life. Their moment right now doesn't define their future. <laughs> I'm, actually, oh, I'm actually getting quite emotional listening to this. It's quite tough. Oh. <laughs> uh, wow. Wow, this is part of <laughs> Hey. So if you want more of those tears, read my book. <laughs> because that, everybody that I've spoken to said, this book makes me cry. And I'm like, good. That's It's supposed to have that emotional impact. Yeah. It's supposed to you know, really 
touch you in the soul? Wow. <laughs> Sorry, Fraser. I know, but that's just, yeah, wow. That's hard hitting. That's good. That is good stuff. Um, yeah. That's what it's about. <laughs> Inspiring that's people. That's what it's about. I did have to use um, a pen name for the book just so that nobody could be sued, sued for slander. Because when you write a book and you're going through a publisher, now if you do it on Amazon, it's a totally different thing. You're taking matters completely into your own hands, right? But when you go through a publisher, and this was a learning curve for me as well, um, in order to, to tell the stories the way they happened and not change them too, too much, and to actually get the grit of everything and the depths of depth of everything, uh, it was advised to me to use a pen name, which I happily did so, um, so that I don't get sued for slander or the company doesn't get sued for slander because the right. stories in there are pretty intense. And in order to publish those safely under my own name, um, I would have had to get permission from the people. And I can assure you that my narcissistic abuser was not going to give me permission for any such thing. So we used a pen name. Right. As uh, for changing the names, just for safety reasons. They knock at the door from the lawyer, nothing worse. Um, right. Exactly. So, wow, I've just, <laughs> this is good. Good. It's, uh, uh, that's the kind of thing that we like in this show is hard hitting and powerful like that. And we hope that, as I say, you're, if you're, Buy the. We'll find out. We're going to have links for where you can buy the book, and if you're Thank obviously you. from Orshika, uh, and you hope that you can purchase it and read it and experience and hopefully connect with her. Uh, apart from the book, we were where. What else has happened, and what else have you developed in, in your growth to where you are now? Right. So uh, I'm not sure. Are you familiar with who Jack Canfield is? No, I do. Okay, so are you familiar with the Chicken Soup for the Soul books? Rings a bell. Uh, okay. I've heard of, yeah, Chicken Soup. Uh, yeah. So he's the gentleman who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. And if you've ever seen the movie The Secret, uh, he and Lisa Nichols are in the movie The Secret. It's about um, abundance, basically. Um, it's the law of attraction. Are you familiar with that? Mm -hmm. So The Secret is about the law of attraction, right? And so this was kind of a fun story. Uh, four years ago, I started following a lady named Tiffany Peterson, who's fabulous. And she talked about, and I grew up with Jack Canfield books in my house. <clears throat> and then I forgot, basically. <laughs> um, so Tiffany Peterson mentioned that she was trained as a success principles trainer with Jack Canfield. There's a point to this. And I prayed about it and I was like, is it time? And God's like, you're not ready. So next year, somebody else mentioned something about being trained with Jack Canfield. And I was like, is it time? And God said, you're not ready. And I was like, okay. And I was at an event with Jack and God very clearly, very, very clearly said, it's time. So I have been trained um, and certified as a Jack Canfield success principles trainer. So basically what that means, I have all this amazing knowledge. There's this book that he wrote called The Success Principles. And so I'm certified on how to help people using those concepts live the life that they want to live. And so my mission is to help those single parents who have survived domestic abuse go from surviving to thriving. And so that's what I use all my awesome knowledge to be able to pay it forward 
for those parents. And again, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, if you're a single parent who has survived domestic abuse and you're ready to get out of the crud and the muck, then, um, you know, there's a way and there's somebody who's willing to help guide you through that. I think, um, yeah, I think we're kind of, if you listen, be listening, you're going to listen to this, um, what's been said, um, if you're not in awe of what's uh, Orshika's story, um, I think uh, please connect with her. We, is there anything else you want to touch on or want to say uh, that you've maybe not said? Uh, <laughs> I've said a lot, haven't I, Fraser? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I just, you know, it's it's so hard, and I wish I would have had that. Now you're going to get me to cry. Um, I wish I would have not felt so alone when I was going through my healing process because abuse is not spoken of on the regular. It's becoming more and more okay, but it was kind of like, it's always been like, oh, she got abused or, oh, he got abused. You know, we're just not going to talk about it. We're going to sweep it under the rug and then we're just going to go out and pretend it never happened. And so I felt very alone, even though I have a wonderful supportive family and, you know, my my brother flew from Chicago to Dallas, helped me pack up and flew back all within 24 hours. Yeah, it was 24 hours for him. So I thankfully am very, very blessed with an amazingly supportive family. However, that being said, they had no idea what to do to help me heal. And whomever is listening, the healing process can, is going to be as difficult as you make it or as easy as you allow it to be. So there are people, thankfully we have resources like your podcast Mm -hmm. and there are people who will help you and they will reach their hand out to you and they will say, come, you're not alone because I felt very alone. I cried many, many nights because I felt so alone. And I thought, how am I going to do this? How am I going to help heal my family? How am I going to heal? How is this whole thing going to work? There's so many questions. It would be easier just to stay with the abuser because at least the money's good or, you know, whatever might be going through your brain. I'm not worthy of, of living a fulfilling life, but you are worthy of living a fulfilled life. You are worthy of, of thriving in life. You are worthy of not being alone. And so I just want your listeners to know, I ask you to just recognize that you're not alone as you're healing and it's going to take time. And there are people who will help you through it. Well, I, I was just thinking, it was, it was interviewing Chanel, who's um, the previous guest. Um, I was telling her regarding which might benefit yourself as well. Uh, in Edinburgh, we have a thing called the Edinburgh International Book Festival, which is well, usually it's every summer, but obviously with COVID happening, nothing, not a lot happens. Um, and it's every year at the Edinburgh Festival, but it's for people, mainly it's authors international as well. So, and maybe that is, you sound like you have the perfect story, the perfect book to be a part of that, maybe. Thank you. You can inquire, just Google, excuse me, the Edinburgh International Film a Book Festival, and you'll be able to, it's in August, and uh, it's something that might uh, give you uh, another, uh, maybe a, it might be a plan for you to explore. Who knows if it's the right, way, right thing to do at the time, you know, for next year. Um, Absolutely appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, but uh, so I think with you, I know Chanel's uh, collaboration, that got her books as well and things, so uh, that could be a good thing to maybe explore for you authors basically to come over and, and experience Edinburgh but also experience international book thing and absolutely just to get your message out there further afield um but yeah I just want to I just want to say thank you 
for Oshka and her time being in the show. Just quickly ask, which obviously with the current time in the moment um, and the current situation going forward, what's your kind of goals or what do you want to aim for when things, well, I'm going to say normal, but <laughs> normal is the, 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 the word figuratively at the moment. Uh, what do you hope to achieve going forward, maybe planning for 2021, basically? I absolutely plan on speaking and influencing, speaking to people and influencing lives and helping people go from surviving to thriving. Like that's absolutely my mission is for those who are single parents who have been abused to understand they're not alone. And so any and all speaking, <laughs> absolutely. Um, coaching, absolutely. I have a program that's coming out in a month and just changing the world, you know, one heartbeat at a time. It sounds kind of cliche and tacky, I know, but it's, you know, truly coming from my soul. Like I want to change and help people heal. I want to be their guide. It's not up to me. All I can do is guide them. Well, there we go. I want to say thank you to Orshka for coming on the show and hopefully that you've not been, uh, hopefully you enjoyed being here. <laughs> <You've>... <laughs> but thank yeah, you. I did. Thank... And thanks to Chanel for the recommendation. And uh, Absolutely. Yeah, as I say, it's uh, it's always challenging stories, and that's what it's about. And uh, if you hear this and you're challenged, uh, we all have. Let's quickly, as I say, where can people connect with you? Uh, right. So oshikayulia.biz. That's O R S I K A J U L I A dot biz. That's where you can connect with me, or oshikayulia2020 at gmail dot com. Okay, we'll have uh, all your links in the show notes for the podcast. This will go out on, uh, as I say, if you're listening to it, you'll hear it on Doubleman Radio uh, for next week. Uh, basically, well, this this week, uh, today, Friday, because I'm kind of doing a podcast pre-recorded. <laughs> so I get confused uh, before it goes out. But, um, yeah, so this is we're on Doubleman Radio. You're listening to this, and uh, you'll be able to connect with uh, Orshika um as well uh, when it goes out on the podcast after the radio show um and go from there so i just want to say to thank you to everyone who's listening uh, around the world in scotland usa uh, wherever you are uh, and you're listening to this and your challenge you want to connect please do and uh, there'll be links to the book as well you can buy the book uh, where you can purchase that and uh, hopefully you can you'll be challenged and it'll be a if you are going through abuse in some way or form that you'll be able to Use it as a, a guide to escape the the trauma that you're going through and see and basically getting that path to the light uh, going forward uh, and basically to change your life and be that person that you you're not currently struggling at the moment. But anyway, uh, thank thank you. Thank um, you, Fraser. Okay, well, to everyone who is uh, you listening, and thank you. Until next time, uh, we'll all speak to you all soon. And if you're interested in Dublin Radio, info at dublinradio.com and be a part of our fresh, inspiring station 24 7 going forward. And as I say, we're just new, but we're aiming to change the world, change people by inspiring. And that's it, simple as that. But to everyone who's watching and or listening, watching, confused because I'm on a video. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's one of these days, one of these days. But anyway, to everybody, take it easy uh, and all the best. And we'll speak to you all soon.